Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Raindrops on roses and whiskers on kittens. Bright copper kettles and warm woolen mittens Brown paper packages tied up with strings These are a few of my favorite things Hi, I'm Rob Schneider. And I'm Kevin David Thomas. And this is our favorite thing. Huzzah! Huzzah! Oh, you and your royal <laughs> proclamations. <laughs> well, you know why I have royal proclamations? Because I went to the Pennsylvania Renaissance Fair. You did what? We... <laughs> Sutton and I go have gone now two years in a row to the Pennsylvania Renaissance Fair. Now, Rob, I'm serious. This is a place you go, and Sutton gets fully dressed up. I do not. I'm I'm like embarrassed that I don't get dressed up. That's how intense it is. But when you go and you like are there, everyone's like, "Good morrow, <laughs> fare thee well. Pray thee, what speakest thou todayeth?" Like they they love oh. to speak in like the Ren Fair, you know, shitteth. jargon. <laughs> And I just kind of go along for the ride, and it's fun. And but I like I do like to say things like "Huzzah, the king arriveth!" And the king totally called me out because Sutton was like bowing to him, and he was walking off set with his because they they literally walk around with like an entourage, and they act like he is the king, King Henry, you know. And so and he was like, "Your Highness," and I, didn't no, I see you no, yesterday working so, at Dwayne Reed? Seriously, but he was like Sutton's like bowing to him, and I'm like, "Oh, honey," and he's like, he goes to me look because they're all actors. He looks right at me. He's like. There's no fourth wall here. And he totally called me out. Jeez, King. <laughs> and then went in front of everyone during the jousting, the royal jousting, because they have full-on jousting. And he, they, they, a whole crowd is there. They're all presented to the king. And I go, God save the king. And he's like, oh, you're catching on. Like, he oh, my it. God. It was very funny. But like, they're ve- I have to say these actors who, I mean, they only do it on the weekends. They live there. But I don't know, I don't know what their life is like during the week. It's amazing. But it was, I have to say they are they're always all in. They are always improving the entire time. I love it. They are having a good time, and they are. And it, it, I listen. I'm sure there's listeners out there who have gone to a Ren fair. I grew up going to them when I was a kid. We never got dressed up. Well, now <laughs> I'm a little like I'm kind of digging it. I'm kind of into it. I have to ask. Do you, do you have a couple of drinks in you before you go? In, during the whole time? Are you really? kidding me? Oh, well. So the one in Pennsylvania, it's about a three hour drive. I know because I know there's one 45 minutes uh, right outside New York here. But we go to the one in Pennsylvania. Yeah, it's on a vineyard and a, a brewery. So they have, perfect. so you have like a cup and you just like booze and cruise the whole time. It's awesome. That's really perfect. But it's really beautifully well done. You really feel like it's like 
it feels like Disney World in a way because everything is everything's about the details and it's a permanent place. So there's all these buildings there and it's all it's cool. And they have shows, live entertainment. In fact, there's this guy that does a whip thing, um, Don Juan and Miguel, like these two guys. They've been doing it for so long that I saw them when I was 12 and I'm 36. And so that's how long they've been doing it. And they it. still do it. Oh, oh, yeah. They make a living doing it. We bought their DVD, which is good, but slightly sad. Or no. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like when you see Don Juan, like, you know, packing up his stuff, and this is like this like fifty eight year old man. Like you're like, wow, that's good job. <laughs> you know, Don Juan and Miguel. There were no cameras in the Renaissance, so well, yes. What is it like? Like oil portraits, and you just like flip through it, and it's <laughs> like really fast. Really so it looks fast. like a cartoon. Look at Don and Miguel. Now They're you ninety seven years old, but, but you, God bless them. You have to respect and honor that they've they've managed to to, and they travel all over the country. Don by the way, whip Miguel's they, walker, but they does. He'll put Miguel puts like a you know like a matchstick in his mouth, and he whips it out. I mean, like, that is it's, incredible. It is me. amazing, and they've they've made a living doing this for the last you know umpteen years. Do you think if you were living in the Renaissance? you would be surviving yeah we'd be entertainers we'd be court jesters w- would we really i think we would be could i wear the hat with the bells oh i'd love to see you in that well I'll come over tomorrow <laughs> i've <laughs> you, already ordered you, mine you from can Etsy. call it your unit <laughs> <laughs> that's a throwback to a few other episodes mm-hmm. yeah i could i could totally do that <laughs> wow how are you doing huzzah huzzah great i kind of want to go with you guys now to a renaissance fair we'll bring you and daniel it'll be fun that would oh my god he would love that he would love that. I like that you said he would love that. Would you? I don't know. <laughs> oh, I'm going too. Okay, good. I, I just thought I'd just drop your kids well. off and then go see a movie or yeah. something. You can call me when you're ready to get picked up from the mall. Huzzah! Oh, gosh. My children wanteth me to pick them up. Huzzah! Oh, my God. I'd be oh. drinking. Okay. So, first of all, speaking of huzzah, a big thank you to some of our listeners who are responding again in droves with what their hashtag skipped song is. So once again, as Kevin said a couple of oh weeks ago, hashtag skipped song does not mean that the song is bad. It doesn't mean That's that the right. writing is bad. We love the songs. We love all show tunes. We are just sometimes we like others more than others. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. So we'll throw out a couple of things. You might remember our previous guest, Brian Hobgood, uh, who came on and talked about the Tony Awards with us. Brian said, I could do a 90-minute podcast about this alone. <laughs> Where to even begin? Uh, good buddy Will Thomason uh, said Spring Awakening, and then there were none. He said because it's awesome in the show, just not on the morning commute. Oh, so, so there's a reason why we I skipped the song. Yeah, totally. My mother, when we were talking, I was talking to my Your mother mom. about this, and this kills me. I was like, <laughs> we were talking about skip songs, and my mom immediately, immediately, she's like, oh, when I listen to little night music, ugh, always, always liaisons. <laughs> And that's nothing against Angela, but she just she doesn't do it. A lot of people don't love the liaisons, though, I have to say. A lot of people. I'm not surprised by that, yeah, to be honest. Yeah, a lot of people aren't, aren't fans of liaisons. Um, uh, Stephen Carl McCasland, who's doing some great stuff over at uh, Feinstein's 54 Below, A Man's Gotta Do from Bright Star. Yeah, man's I, you know what? Do. I can actually, what I understand. I love Bright Star. Me too. I love Bright Star. It's like one of the best recordings I've heard in a long time. But that's a song that I can understand skipping. Our good buddy Casey Graham, um, who he's doing double duty. Casey's the associate director on the tours of Dirty Dancing and Phantom of the Opera. My goodness, Casey. That's, don't get those two shows mixed Cheapers. up. Cheapers. <laughs> Nobody puts Christine in a corner. <laughs> It's very odd at the end where Christine runs and the phantom lifts her up <laughs> and twirls her around. That was good. He did um, mm. the bottom line from Newsies and Let Love Grow from 9 to 5. Oh, 
yes, 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 yes. Uh, on Twitter, we had uh, this one I got to agree with, and we've had a lot of people come in. Uh, Becca Anderson and Sydney Stoper from on Twitter, they both said contact from Rent. And I, I, I got to say, yeah, you guys know that one where they're like, I don't even, I can't even remember. They're like, they say all the words and they're all like throwing themselves against yeah. the grate. And then, yeah. and then you find out Angel's dead and then you're like, oh, that oh, sucks. That sucks. Right? Yeah. And then so. they get to like the greatest song in it, which is um, uh, Without You, right? They go oh, right into like Without You. Yeah. That, when, I was, when I first saw Rent and I was like a teenager, maybe I was like 20 or something, I, I was the first time I ever saw that sequence where, because the, remember there were three tables. Yeah. And when they each pick oh, someone, yeah. sobbing, like yeah. just crying my eyes out. Yeah. They got me on, uh, one, on One Song Glory right at the beginning. Oh, really? Those first opening chords. Oh, wow. I was like, this is going to be something so special. Oh. At Ricky Kondos, Say no to this from Hamilton. Oh, we had a Hamilton wow. say no Sacrilege. to this, uh, Ricky Condos. But good for you, Ricky. You stand strong. Tim McDonald says, "My house from Matilda," simply because Miss Honey is the worst. <laughs> <laughs> my house. Oh my God. We oh will. God. We will. We'll send some more your way. But oh, you guys are doing. Laugh. You guys are doing so good with some of these. I love them so much. Oh, my favorite though. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, what? This actor's name is David Grosha. David Grosha said from The Little Mermaid, Les Poissons. It's <laughs> ironic because I saw David in this production this summer and he played the chef. <laughs> so he did not. So I don't know if it's. He his. got real over that song fast. <laughs> oh my God. Oh my gosh, that's so good that's stuff. they keep sending them our way. We're so oh happy my that you have these. And we're going to send some favorite things your way right now, some more obscure shows yes. or websites or books that's who, right who shall go first who won the coin toss oh i don't know i'll go first you're gonna go first yeah um DDT for so, the win. <laughs> <laughs> so one of my favorite things is this um it's not really the show it's 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 a recording of a, a, what was thought to be a long lost show mm. uh but you know ps classics is is a is a um a recording i wouldn't say company i mean they're a not-for-profit Group uh, Tommy Kresker and Philip Chafin, uh, they they oftentimes will record shows that need to be heard again, um, like Girl Crazy. They really, I think they released that. But this is a this is a show in honor of Hillary Clinton being ostensibly our one of our could be our first female president. Uh, this was written by a woman who some thought this was the first score a book you know a book musical that was written by a woman turns out it really technically isn't there was someone before her but she's often people think that this is the first one this let's just say this is the first really good one and she wrote the score to this it's a woman who wrote a score in uh, 1930 and she wrote the score to this with her husband on top of it all she had a over 10 year love affair with george gershwin who encouraged her to write this musical with her husband to help. So her grandchild said some people have a child to stay together. Well, they wrote a musical. They is didn't it, stay together. <laughs> is, is it Dorothy Fields? No, no, I wish it was. No. Oh, my gosh. Her name is Kay Swift. And Kay Swift wrote Fine and Dandy. Oh, my God. I know. Here we go. So that's wow, the name. Kevin. That's the name of the musical. The musical is called Fine and Danny, which she wrote with her husband, Paul James. That's a nom de plume. His name is something else, but he was a banker. And that was, it wasn't considered kosher to be writing a musical if you're a banker. The crazy thing about all of this is that she, they were filthy rich. They were in their young, they met when she, she was like a piano player at a party and he met her at like 17 and they like hit it off. So they like got together and they got married and they had three kids and, and they were 
filthy rich. Like just they were and they were young, so they would like have parties in the roaring twenties and like, you know, blah blah blah. Well, she always played the piano. She was a classically trained pianist, and she was a very good piano player. Well, in, invited to one of the parties is one George Gershwin, who was famous, a famous bachelor. Like, he was very much a playa, and he had a lot of fun at the time because he was so talented, but also a bachelor. Well, they fall in love at one of these parties. Well, he recognizes her talent, and he's like, oh, my gosh, like, you should write a musical. Well, their marriage, her marriage wasn't doing so well. And he's like, hey, your husband write, used to write poetry. You guys should write a, a musical together. So George Gershwin encourages her to write this musical called Fine and Danny. Uh, and it was, it was very much of its era. So it was like not, I mean, a book musical, yes, there was a loose plot. I, don't even, I couldn't even tell you what the plot is right now. But, but, it was, but there was a comedian in it. And so it a lot of, was a lot of sketches that he did. But the songs, the songs are actually shockingly amazing. She was a very good songwriter. Like what are some of the songs? That we so, have in this album, so in this album, uh, the, the, the song is um, Fine and Danny is one of the big ones. But, but so it, let me just say that in 2004, the PS Classics found, you know, they, got, they acquired this score. They, someone sent it to them and they were like, oh, okay, all right, we'll listen to it. And they were like, oh my gosh, this is actually, this is pretty good. This is really good. So they got Carly Carmelo, they got Mark Lynn Baker, they got Gavin Creel, they oh, got Andrea wow. Burns, they got Mario Cantoni, they got a bunch of people to record the songs. They had it reorchestrated because all of Hans Bialik's, uh, he's, a, he's a great old musician for the 20s and 30s and did a lot of great charts uh, and, and scores uh, over the orchestrations. They're all gone. So they had to hire Larry Moore, whom we interviewed a couple weeks back, uh, he was an orchestrator that they re, you know, he's very good at uh, reproducing it. They had Larry Moore do it with a guy named Aaron Grady, and then this other man named Russell Warner worked with. K. Swift, who lived to be like 96 or something. I yeah. remember that she lived Oh yeah, she life. lived all the way up to the 90s. She was born in like 1897, I want to say, uh, and she lived to like 1993 or so. Uh, I have it written oh. down here somewhere. But um, So this gentleman worked with her to try to remember what her old melodies were. Um, and so they have this, some, some of the songs you might want to listen to. I love the song that Gavin Creel sings called Starting at the Bottom. Really sweet song. They're catchy. They're toe-tapping songs. Yeah. Um, Andre Burns sings I Met a New High. Uh, let's go eat worms in the garden <laughs> which it sounds silly but when you hear it you're kind of like hey that's kind of fun I like these it's very much in the style of like like Gershwin shows yeah. like Girl Crazy and then so the interesting thing is is you can see the influence that Gershwin had on Kay Swift Kay Swift never really wrote another big musical after this she wrote one show in 1950 called uh, Paris 90 or something like yeah, that yeah, it was yeah. like a like sort of like an Otis Skinner thing um, but she never really wrote a big musical, but she did. She divorced in like a couple years after this came out, like 1934. Still stayed close with Gershwin. Still had this this thing. You, it makes you wonder: Did she, perhaps she had an influence on him? Because he famously would get inspiration from other writers. Yeah, you know what I mean, like Porgy and Bess and all of that. I mean, he 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 would go uptown to listen to some of the musicians in Harlem and then be like, oh well, I'm gonna write, I'm gonna use that. So I read an article that was basically saying that maybe she had a bigger influence than people think because wow. she was such a strong musician. So yeah, so P.S. Classics released this album, um, and and uh, I just I don't know. I think it's really cool that this in, in a time when only men did 
music and, yeah. and created scores. That and here is this, and she wasn't just like some lady who like needed to work. Like she, they were very well off. And, uh, Gershwin got her job in 1927 for uh, a Connecticut Yankee in King Arthur's Court. Yeah. So he got her the job as a rehearsal pianist for that. Oh, so you can wow. imagine this woman like in her like furs going down to like this, you know, to rehearse and like be the rehearsal pianist for this show. It sounds like there's a movie. Right? Fascinating, huh? And I'm sure Rhythm. they <laughs> But this the the whole story, what's interesting is that every article I read is always about her, her husband, and Gershwin. And this sort of like weird and they all went to the same therapist. Not at the same time, but they all were on the same couch at different times. But so, therapist had some- <laughs> he was like a famous therapist. I forget who it was, but yeah, no, there's definitely something there. But what I what I like about it is that this score, yes, it is of its time, and yes, you definitely hear that this is these are sweet little tunes. But I, when I first heard it, and I was like 23, 24, I couldn't stop listening to it. I really was captivated by the singing and the style of it, and. Um, it's fun. It's just a nice old throwback. So if you like, you know, fascinating rhythm and, you know, embraceable you and those kinds of things, you're going to like this kind of score. So Fantastic. they're nice old standards. Fine and dandy. Fine and dandy. Oh, my God. Well, well, I want to go listen to it. And the, and the album is great because they have, there's all these articles in it. There's all these essays written by so many people about them, about this, you know, uh, how it was made and all this, that. It's, it's nice. It's a nice I little piece. S- it's like a little historical it. nugget. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And what a good cast, too. Oh, yeah. Oh, totally. Mine is also. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChapaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No details. Very much of its time. Mm-hmm. And I feel, in a lot of ways, like what you were saying mm-hmm. is the story behind the show is actually might be more interesting than the show itself. Okay. Um, 1956. Oh. 1956. Big musical comedy star, making her return back to the Broadway after four years away. Four years away. Against her will. She doesn't want to do it to begin with. Really? But she has to. It's not Bells Are Ringing. It's not Bells Are Ringing. Same year, though. Bells Are Ringing comes out in the same year. I'm like drawing a blank on what else came out that year. Um, Ethel Merman. Uh, happy hunting. Happy hunting. Oh, yeah. Famous, famous, like happy hunting. What are they like? There's like they're like. What is that famous? You're probably going to tell us the oh, famous the quote. The, the oh, quote, we got a couple you know? of famous okay. quotes from this one. I don't want to ruin it. No, so. for, no. For those of you who don't know, Happy Hunting is a 1956 musical. Book is by Lindsay and Krauss. Mm-hmm. Do sound of music. Uh, the score is by Matt Doobie and Harold Carr. Not exactly a household name. Not a, do, the, the probably maybe team for chance for Carr. a reason. It's pretty much it. Their <laughs> their their score. Although I will say this, the score to Happy Hunting, I feel it's very breezy, very charming, 
very much 1950s of its period with some really good songs in it, uh, including mm-hmm. uh, G, But It's Good to Be Here. That's she Ethel wants Mer- to be here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's totally. her big, like, Ethel Merman, like, yeah. here I come song. Yeah. Mutual Admiration Society, mm. which is, uh, if you heard it, you'd be like, yeah, I totally know it. Uh, this is what I call love. There's a lot of good material in here. Right. The book is not good. Let me. I'll tell you the plot very quickly. Oh, good. Then we'll talk about all the backstage stuff that happened on. this And they were like, "If you production. can't write Ethel Merman, oh, is that what?" No, no, go thing? ahead. You go but ahead. They, the famous. I always thought the famous quote was like, "If you can't write Ethel Merman, a show-stopping number, then you got a problem." And they Absolutely. were like, "They didn't have one. They did not have one." And but I don't Lord, know the story actually. So okay, so the plot is it's a it's it's making fun of a big historical event at the time. A couple of years prior to the musical opening, Grace Kelly married the prince, Prince Rainier of Monaco. Mm -hmm. And so this was like the big news story. So what happens is in the show, Ethel Merman plays Liz Livingstone and she has a daughter named Beth and they arrive in Monaco for the wedding of Princess Grace or Grace and the Prince Rainier. And so she, they actually use the historical yes, names. They yes. actually use them. Oh, yeah. Them. There wasn't like, oh, <laughs> you know, this is like, like Princess, yeah, like Princess Trace. Trace. Yeah, and, yeah, I don't know. You know and, yeah. and Prince Rainier yeah. of Conoco. <laughs> uh, no, they don't do that. They actually, they, they were playing up exactly on the historical okay. significance of it. And they don't have an invitation to the wedding. And so Ethel Merman gets pissed and she goes, well, to hell with that. I'm going to get my daughter married to a prince and it's going to be 10 times bigger than your wedding Grace Kelly <laughs> and that's honestly the plot of Happy Hunting wow so what happens is she finds a prince mm-hmm. the prince is this like disposed Spanish prince played by Fernando Lamas oh the sexy suave Fernando Lamas Fernando Lamas um, and what happens is, is Ethel Merman realizes she's actually in love with Fernando Lamas, and the daughter's cool mm-hmm. with that because the daughter's in love with somebody else so it's just one of those like really silly Golden Age musicals where everything right. works out happily in the end. Mm-hmm. But it's not as big as Annie Get Your Gun. It's not as big as Gypsy. It's not as big as anything. It, it, this was a very, very small blip in the radar for her. It doesn't mean that she's not brilliant on the cast recording. Now, what happens offstage Ooh. is 10 times more. Ooh, I like it where we're going now. So, Ethel Merman. Because you know I love some Ethel Merman stories. Oh, here we go. So Ethel Merman was like, she got married to this guy, and his name was Bob Six. That was literally his name, Bob Six. Yes. Right? And he was an executive oh with Continental Airlines. You know what's crazy? I no. got a, I, I, but, but so I listened to this podcast. I listened to this podcast called The Mystery Show. Okay. And it, by, it's great. It's a great like NPR type thing and where this person goes on this journey to like find, you know, like these, the answer to these mysteries. And one of them is a belt buckle. And the answer to it is Bob Six. Oh my god! Because the belt buckle is inscribed with his name, and so they find out that he was this famous continental guy, and he th- it was ultimately about the chef that had the belt buckle. How but incredible! Like, so yeah. So anyway, that was I just can't believe that the name is coming That's up again, a- and I just listened to this. Welcome podcast. back, Bob Six. Ah! So Bob Six was so a, he was a was very uppity up muck very, muck. yeah yeah marries Ethel Merman, and Ethel Merman goes thank God like I, no more Broadway shows. Right, we're going to be married. We're going to have kids, and I'm going to get off the road, and all I'm going to do is I'm going to move with him to Denver. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm going to be a housewife. So after like a couple of months of that, he goes, why are you here? Like, why are you at home? Because he was like, I thought I was just going to be free and like married. No, what he really wanted, you found out, was he thought that by putting her out in the spotlight and being attached to her, it would promote Continental Airlines. So he was using her. And he's like, well, you need to do a show. Oh, my God. And she was like, I don't want to do a show. I want to be a housewife. And he goes, you're going to do a show. You're going to New York City. And so the first thing they came across was this happy hunting show. And so... (laughs) Clearly the first thing they came across. (laughs) So so she begrudgingly 
goes in and says, fine, I'll do happy hunting if that'll make you happy. Um, on like the second day of rehearsal, the composer gives her a vocal note because she was adding like a vocalization that he didn't like. And he goes, you can't do that. <laughs> can't imagine. And she nodded and she called over the director and she goes, she points to the composer and lyricist. She goes, they will never speak to me again. <gasps> And the composer lyricist never communicated with her for the entire run. But the real story, the stories you probably know, are with Fernando Lamas. So Fernando Lamas was this like Latin lover. He was right. a matinee idol that all the women loved. Suave and, and sexy. And he's going to be the love interest yeah. opposite Ethel Merman. Yeah. Um, they did not get along. No. Because this was, a, this was really bizarre to me. He went on a television show. He went on the Mike Wallace show. And they, Mike Wallace asked him, he goes, so what's it like working with Ethel Merman? And he said, kissing her is like kissing your uncle in a Sherman tank. <laughs> oh, my god! Like... That's so specific. So, and rude. I know. Specific it's horrible. And rude. Oh, my specific God. And the and show rude. is running? They were running. Oh, my God. And they were like, gosh. what's it like kissing Ethel Merman? He's like, it's like kissing a Sherman tank in your <laughs> uncle. And I'm like, what an asshole. Now, oh my here's God. a really interesting story. People said that he was trying to get out of his contract with her because he was up for the lead role in the South Pacific movie. And they thought that maybe some of this bad behavior was like, she'll hate me so much, she'll release me. She knew this, and when he came time to say, I want to go do the South Pacific movie, he was like, she was like, nope, not getting released from your contract. Sorry. And so because... Was South Pacific or Sound of Music? South Pacific. South Pacific. Pacific. Wow. So the offstage tensions seem more interesting. Oh, yeah. Like I said, if you read it, it's so silly. There's a horse... Ethel Merman literally plays well, the album a scene. cover. The album cover. She's riding a horse, isn't yeah, she? Yeah, but there's a. They actually brought a live horse on stage, <laughs> and she did a scene. Yeah, so one of her last scene partners was a horse. Oh, and I cannot Ethel. believe this. I actually have seen a production of Happy Hunting in my life. No yes, way. There was an all-girls school next to where I grew up. <laughs> they did Happy Hunting, and they couldn't bring a horse on stage. Uh huh. So they literally a rabbit. No, they filmed a horse. And the actress that played the Ethel Merman role looked at the projection screen and would talk, and then you would see the little play triangle come oh, up, and my the horse would like goodness. move its head. You know and what? Then it would go back. Bless that teacher for being like, "Let's do happy hunting." Oh, I agree. do. You know what I mean? Like, Bless good you. for you, good for sir you. or madam. Like, I, it, good for you. You know, like, what's it going to be next year? Next year, grass is- harp. I don't know. <laughs> next year's plain and fancy. I mean. Seriously, that's a that's a that's uh, a hats off to any hats off to all the theater teachers out there. Absolutely, you know, working against make a difference, hoping against hope. Seriously, doing such doing good happy shows. hunting. <laughs> Jeez. Um, so please take a listen to Happy Hunting and take a listen to Fine and Dandy. We will see you next time. Bye, everyone. Adios. These are a few of my favorite things. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now 
and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.